When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel Tulok. It's your boy, Double H. Halford, family and friends, just trying to stay alive. Happy New Year, everybody. Hopefully, you didn't get far too drunk. I lost at Uno and at risk to my three Japanese friends. <laughs> I saw I saw on your Instagram, man, you had to do a forfeit. Yeah, yeah, we were we we're playing Uno, but it was like a weird kind of Uno game because it was my um, Japanese friend I've known since I was fourteen, his wife and their friend. So I I'm never... going to claim prejudice because they all ganged up on me when we played Risk. <laughs> so. I haven't played Uno in a minute. I don't think I've ever played Risk except yeah. on like Sega Genesis. I think I went to somebody's house and they had Risk on the video mm-hmm. game. Well, no, I've never no, no, actually no. played it's, the board it's, game. No, really, really, because obviously I've always heard about it, but because it was the first time I was playing both Uno and Risk. So, but I've always I heard about. You've Risk never before. played Uno before? No. Wow. No, no, they say for me like I play. No, like, what do you lost? No, I play like you know the old school card games where like if it's the, if it's like a queen, put it down into the club. Basically, like very because I've got a pack of cards, but in Nigeria we used to play this kind of old school. Go kind of card game where you just match the, the suits, but this only thing is like plus two, plus four, pick up four. Like, okay, the deck, the deck is huge. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like, <laughs> like I, I was picking up like eight cards at a point. Like, what is going on here? Man? So, you can't have a, a a whiskey forfeit for somebody, it's their rookie. This oh, no, 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 game. no, 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 I just went to sleep. I woke up. It was the new year. I didn't stay up. There were people letting off fireworks. It sounded like, you know, Baghdad or who knows. <laughs> but, yeah, and I just went to sleep. I was I was over it. Before I went, it was because of how the time zones work. So, like, I knew seven. Like, my cousin messaged me from Uganda. Once it turned seven, I knew it was midnight there. So, I shouted out you guys and other people in the UK. So, I'm head hit the pillow, man. I went to sleep. Anyway, the the Manchester United Wolves game is happening in the background, so we'll, we'll we'll keep tabs on that one. Phil Jones is starting, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's captain, <laughs> so so there's interesting things happening. But uh, let's let's get into this. So there's sometimes where I feel like starting with Chelsea is a bit cheesy for us because that's our go-to <laughs> in terms of like that's that's who we support, you know, the support. But I don't feel any reservation about starting with this. So. What were you doing on Thursday when you saw like these these messages come from I guess Sky Italia? At first I thought it was a fake interview because the quotes were just they were it was too much. Each thing was just coming out. I was like, oh what what? Huh? Do you know that meme? Uh it's a it's a gif of of a boxing referee and he's like in the middle and he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like I felt like that when I saw all these things coming out. So what were you doing on Thursday? When did you think I have to go live and we need to do an emergency hangout? Like, what was the thought process once you started reading all of these things that were coming from Fabrizio Romano, etc.? No, it was wild, man. I mean, it was wild, bro. I mean, what was I doing? Um, I think, no, I was just doing, you know, some normal football hot stuff and everything. Because it's always my thing that people always send me DMs. Because mm-hmm. my DMs open. So whenever I see, like, four or five messages in my DMs, I'm like, oh, what the hell? Because obviously, 
not, 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 notifications are like it only goes up to 20 so it could be about anything but when i know i've got like a lot of dms then it's something that's oh half of have you seen this have you seen this? have you seen this? have you seen this? have you seen this? I'm like, what the hell so i saw all the dms and i was like he's giving an interview i was like wait what the hell and then I was just trying to like unraveling the stuff, and I was like, "Oh damn, man! This, this guy is basically ev- evoking the decision, LeBron, and all, all that kind of stuff." Man, I was like, <laughs> "Wow!" <man." laughs> uh, parenthetically, the decision wasn't that bad. A lot of money went to the boys and girls club. If he would have said he stayed in Cleveland, everything would have been good. But I've decided to take my talent to South Beach. <laughs> it just messed up everything. But uh, yeah. These quotes, there's something that Gab Marcotti said, because um, I, I didn't watch ESPN FC, but I saw I went on ESPN and I saw one of their the clips that they took out of the show. And he said that when you read the when you read the text, it sounds harsher than what it actually sounds like in Italian. So if you're a native Italian speaker and you listen to him say it, it doesn't hit as hard as just reading the naked quotes and putting your own kind of intonation and tone in them. Um, from from Lukaku's perspective and coming from quotes or reports that we saw today, I think from Dean Jones, Lukaku was a bit shocked at how people have responded to the to the message. And maybe that's it's a lost in translation kind of thing, but it goes to the idea, or at least this is my initial response, and it's, it holds true till now. It's just terribly naive of Lukaku to think that any of this was going to go well. You go to Sky Italia three weeks ago or four weeks ago now, you give an interview. Do you not get assurances that I want this dropped immediately? I want to be able to look over it. I don't want it to come out in three parts. I want it to come out altogether. I want people to get the context of it. I guess he just left it in their hands and Sky Italia had the opportunity to sit and sit and sit and wait for the opportunity or or wait for the most advantageous time for it to drop. It's just, it was naive. The idea that I need to apologize to Interfans for the way that I left, why do you need to go on TV to say that? How come you just can't, you know, we, we've seen footballers with their long ass paragraphs on Instagram in two languages, you know, when like a when it's funny, like when a when a Brazilian player leaves, it's always like the first part's in English, the next part's in Portuguese, or vice versa. Like I always noticed that you couldn't just write a message in English and Italian. You speak like six, seven, eight languages. The idea that you had to go to Italy to do the or not Italy, but you had to go to Sky Italia to to get this done, it just seems just there wasn't any planning to it. Because what he actually said in the interview, I don't find terribly disconcerting on some level. It's just like the overall timing and just the way you went about it was just sloppy. And in that sense, I can understand why this reaction has happened. Basically, that's why I think that whenever anything happens, I always say that, always get a full picture. The temptation is, oh my God, blah, 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 to be reactionary. But my thing is that even if the temptation is there to be like, oh, damn, looking so bad. Just wait. What I've been saying throughout this whole thing is what he did was wrong. Whatever he said, like, it doesn't like, bro, like, okay, you can be truthful, like, cool. Like, it's actually good to be honest. And he was giving his honest appraisal, but doing that while you're employed by certain club who are not paying you and so forth. No. But the thing, all I want to know is just, okay, what was your thinking? Because there has to be a thing of, like, what was your rationale and thinking in going ahead and doing that? Knowing. Surely knowing what the fallout is going to be, because I'm, I'm sure that you're not that stupid to know that. Oh, I do something, it'll be, it'll be fine. So I just want to, I just want to know what, because my thing with Lukaku is that you can't go back to Inter. Marotta, the um, Inter director, said that oh, there's no difference between Jeko and Lukaku, and Inter are flourishing without Lukaku now. So at Inter, they've already moved on without you. The the team's already moved on without you, and now you're sort of ostracizing the Chelsea fan base and even the Chelsea team. So I don't understand see I don't understand what you saying blah 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 into me. Because see the only way I can sort of connect the dots is trying to put my, my myself inside of the mindset of um Lukaku and in that setting. Sky Sport Italia, it's Italian guys, it's very relaxed, you're talking, maybe talking about Italy, reminiscing about Italy, and you could just get into a vibe. And you, and you can see, because you know, Lukaku 
it's Rock Nation. He doesn't carry himself the way that other robotic football players are. So he's allowed to have much more of a, of a personality. He likes to have much more of a personality and so forth. He connects more with the American culture and how American athletes are, as opposed to how stoic and one-dimensional athletes are in football and everything. So he's like, oh, this guy's LA problem. I'm just going to talk about AC, blah, blah, blah. So maybe in his <laughs> mind, why is that why is it a big deal? Because he's coming at it from, maybe from like an American mindset mm. where even the ardent hardest fans of NBA or NFL teams, they don't even come close to the hardcore fans of um, teams in Europe. Mm. They, they, they don't. It just in, in NBA, it's much more of like, yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah, I'm a um, Jets fan. You know, I'm like my team, blah, blah, blah. But it's like much more of like a pastime thing. But for European guys, no, this is my life. Like, this is real. It's not even fair. This is real. So Lukaku is like, man, look, man, Charles is cool. But yeah, look, I love the internet and everything. So he's coming from it's from that kind of like different kind of American mindset. So it's not, it's for him, it's not really a big deal. I, that's, am, that's I empathize with Lukaku. My first, and you 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 know this well because we've talked for probably days at this point. My first inclination is always to side with the player over the institution. When I hear these things, at first it's shocking. Like I said, I was just like, "Whoa, what? like what? Why?" And then I think, and I'm like, "Okay, what was Lukaku thinking?" And this is the best explanation I can come up with. When he gave this interview, it was after the Manchester United game. And before, I forget the game that came after, Chelsea were top of the league in early December. They were up by a point. I think they had 33, 32 points. I had to go back to who scored. I was a who scored merchant. And I went back to the little calculator and I was like, okay, so what was the texture or tenor of Chelsea when Lukaku was giving this interview? As he was speaking, Chelsea were top of the league. I think he thought Chelsea are in a title race here. We're going to be able to compete. We're winning. We're playing decently well. Maybe not me, but the team. I think I can sneak in this apology that I wanted to give in the summer, but I couldn't for whatever reason. I think I could be able to sneak this in now. Whatever happens follows, and the team won't fall off too much. If the interview had been released with Chelsea on top of the table and there's a good vibe in the team, you're not dropping points to Brighton and Everton, etc., I don't think the interview, it's it's still going to hit because the quotes are, are, are what they are, but it's not going to hit as hard given the context of what's happening with Chelsea at the moment. But this, again, goes back to the naivety part. The interview's not being released like the ne- in the next three minutes after you walk out of the door. Like Once you give an interview to somebody, they now have permission over that media to release it when they want to. And Sky Italia sat until Chelsea's next big game, which was the Liverpool game, because they knew <laughs> all of Italy is going to be watching this. The whole world is going to be watching this. And this is going to be great. The game was conveniently. Chelsea were playing Liverpool on Sky Sports. It wasn't on BT or anything. Like Everything just kind of lined up to where they were going to release it then. That's my reasoning from Lukaku's perspective. Is that I think he thought, I've wanted to say my piece to Inter fans this whole time. I haven't really had an opportunity because I've been moving countries, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Now that I have this injury or I'm not being played, now I can come and speak to Inter fans and tell them how much I love them because he did for two years. He had a great relationship. He celebrated the title. He was in the streets of Milan. He was. He said in the summer, I'm not going to leave. And then weeks later, he left. That has to be explained to Inter fans. But it's, again, the timing, timing, timing of when timing, you do timing. it is the most imperative thing. I can't give Lukaku the – he's a – dumb-witted person because i know that he's he's intelligent enough i remember that was a big thing when it was <laughs> Maratta and lukaku's more intelligent. like i can't give him the oh this is just lukaku being an idiot because he's not it's like you know um <laughs> when, when i was a kid if i did something silly my dad would tell me if you mess up i'm going to spank you so it's like you get a double dose you know you know better so because you know better, if you fall and you break your leg or do something, I'm going to hit you again. Not that I'm advocating parents do that. And I don't think he ever did because I don't think I was ever that silly. But the threat was there that because I know you know better, I'm I'm even more angry or disappointed because you shouldn't be doing that. That's how, that's how I feel with Lukaku. I'm more disappointed in the overall tact of what he did rather than what he did itself. No, no. My, no, my thing is just about timing. Obviously, you, you, you want to talk about like um, – you want to – explain why you left and so forth. But my thing though is it makes zero sense 
explaining that during the season when you're playing for another club. All these things I said, why couldn't you have said this once the transfer was made? This is what you said. Instagram post, Instagram video, just explaining X, Y, and Z, the moment that you moved to Chelsea. It's, it seems, which is why it's not placed into, into the whole idea of you did this when things weren't going well for you at Chelsea. Because it makes no sense why you, you couldn't just do this. Like, why, why wait now? Why couldn't you do this when you signed for Chelsea? Like, hey, guys, here's what it is. I tried to sign a new contract. They said they couldn't um, 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 do it because of the financial situation they were in. And then, boom. But it's it leads to the whole thing of, like, okay, you're not starting. You're not playing. And then there's a whole embarrassment of, oh, my gosh, this 100 million pound guy who... And it's, like, sort of, like, your, your ego is, is, is crushed. You've moved from being double figures in goals and assists, having the best season of your career for Inter Milan, leading them to a league title, to now you're now on the bench. You know, it's like that will crush your ego. So it leads to that. Okay, you did that interview because it was a mix of okay, let me explain this whole interview, but also, man, let me sort of get my ego back of like, hey, man, how am I? I'm a I'm a big guy like like this. How am I dropped? And I'm going to be dropped because. This the system is different, but I'm still gonna be a professional, but the system is different, blah blah blah. But HH, he so. wasn't he wasn't dropped for his performances. He was dropped because he had the bad ankle injury that he had in the Champions League, I think. And because do do you remember when he missed the series of games that started with Norwich? Chelsea won seven nil. No, 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 no. Okay, you know what? That's the emotion. Okay, for forget that. Okay. The system. And then he got COVID. No. No, no, okay, 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 put that to the one side. Who, who cares about that? The system. The system's not working. I don't like the situation I'm in and, and, and so forth. So the whole point is that you're only saying that um, because the situation you're in is not good. Mm. So my thing is, again, it goes back to the whole thing of, like, timing. Timing. Yeah. I don't want to get into the, like, will they sell him, will they not? Firstly, there's nowhere for him to go. Nobody's going to spend the money that would that would require it to get him out of Chelsea. He has four and a half years left on his contract, and they just spent ninety seven million pounds on him. So <laughs> Chelsea aren't going to banish him to the under twenty one team for four years, and nobody's coming with eighty eighty five million for Lukaku right now. So that's not happening. So he's not leaving. But do you think there's a way quickly, like against Tottenham? in the next few days or the week after FA Cup, what have you, to get back into the team or the bench. Like, I suspect we'll see him on the bench on Wednesday. According to Tim Howard's text, they're supposed to be having a meeting today. So, which is why I was trying to check Twitter and so it was like, okay. I think because Lukaku said, apparently to Tim Howard, we'll have another meeting to, to today. So, we need to know what the follow-up, because the crazy thing is they had a meeting and it wasn't resolved. Because I, I thought that's all. Oh, Apologies, you apologize. I'm sorry, but the fact that maybe there wasn't an apology and he wasn't like remorseful in, in for what he did it means that okay, this could be a little bit much more complicated. Hence, why I want to know like what happened. So, until we know where things are, I have I can't make a call as to whether he plays on Wednesday because I don't know how serious the situation is. Tuchel said he first heard of the situation on Friday, then he said by Saturday it got too much. So I don't know what happened between Friday and Saturday. Maybe they had a conversation. Maybe they didn't. But to me, it seems like Tuchel was very focused on my time right now is preparing on the Liverpool game. I know I have a distraction here with Lukaku. So right now I'm going to remove Lukaku from this process because I don't know what's happening. But I need to focus on Liverpool because I don't have much time. Sunday comes, we play the game. Monday comes, that's our first day off. I guess you want to say like we don't have to train or we're preparing for Spurs. That's the period where I can actually sit down and have an actual conversation with Lukaku where I don't have to be thinking about Liverpool. Because managers like Tuchel, I'm sure they spend all of their time looking at tactics, watching video, looking at data, whatever the case may be. So I don't think they actually probably sat down and talked between when he found out and Sunday. I think he probably just told Lukaku, A, like, I know there's something out here that I heard in the media, but you can't play because it's just too much. And if I'm honest... I was wrong in the initial when when I tweeted this out because I I was like if you play Lukaku it goes away like if Lukaku starts the game yesterday there's maybe one or two more days of it 
and then the Spurs game and everything is forgotten, especially if he scores. Maybe if he gives a disaster class, it's it's not. But I think Tuchel made the right decision for the club. Removing Lukaku from Stanford Bridge altogether <laughs> was the correct move. <laughs> because if Lukaku steps on that pitch, the way that the media framed his quotes as if he said, you know, I want to leave Chelsea today. I'm sick of being here which that's not nowhere close to what he said, but that's the way it was packaged and framed. Stanford Bridge would have been toxic against been Lukaku. Every would time he touched the ball, he would have been wooed. You know he would have been whistled. That are there as well, man. And the kind of fans that are there, if he had started that, that game, bro, those guys would have eaten him up, man. So I don't so. think Tuchel factored in the... <laughs> the psychology of West London Chelsea fans into this, like, because I, I don't, I don't think Tuchel knows where that would have gone. We know where where it would have gone, but I don't think he factors that in. But I think he knew, like, it's too much, maybe for the team, but I think it would have been too much for Lukaku as well to remove him from the spotlight and just give it to the team. At the, and, and you know, you have like your this is this is a question I was wondering because because Tuchel said that he um. He consulted with members of the team. So he talked with four or five senior members of the team. We obviously know one of them is Aspilicueta. But I'm like, who do you think the others are that are in Tuchel's kind of circle, like player circle of influence? <laughs> so you'd have Aspi. And who are the others? Jorginho, perhaps? But like, who, who, who do you think is in there making the decisions for the, for the squad? Do you remember... Um, the, the all or nothing with Spurs, they basically hinted to Mourinho, like, look, if you want to talk to the black players, you got to go through Suzuko because he's like, he's the he's the guy. <laughs> so I'm like, who is the who is the representative for like the black Chelsea players? <laughs> oh, is it Rudiger? Is it Conte? Like, oh, no, 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 you know, you know, it's it's going to be Tony Roo, man. Okay, it's, it's, it's going to be Tony Roo. It's going to be Tony. So Roo. he's he's the representative, yeah, and then yeah, there must yeah, the, yeah. and then there must be an English dude. So like, do you think it's Mount? Yes. Of course it's a man. Bro, bro, 21 year old Mount have, is have in there. The, have you seen the Chelsea mega store? You might as well call <laughs> no, it to the Mason Mount mega store, bro. So so if there's five guys, Aspie, Jorginho, Rudiger, Mount, and I'm trying to who is the other guy? That would be in that like Tuchel would have his little conglomerate of like elders and quote, and then like, okay, what's 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 the temperature of the team? You know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, he said that he consulted with those guys and they were like, you know, it's fine if, if you leave him out, which is, just, I mean, that's damning for Lukaku in a sense. But I think all he has to do is really say sorry and, you know, everything will be fine. Maybe it's like, and now I can't be Timo Werner. You'd be surprised. Look, he's... It, for some reason, for a guy it's silver. who is garbage, it's silver. It's 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 silver. It has to be Thiago. Silver. No, but no, but my thing no. For a guy who is garbage, you'd be surprised how much power Timo Werner may actually hold in that club. So what, what what did I ask? Yeah, I, I I think there's a way back for Lukaku immediately, and all he has to do is basically just be humble about it and just be understanding. That the same way I'm trying to understand what he was thinking, he has to try to understand what how others are perceiving it. And he has to know, even though I didn't mean any malice by it, and I was just, I was being truthful to myself and <laughs> being critical of Tuchel's tactics isn't something that has gone amiss here. I think, like, bro, like we have said, you're, you're not going to win anything with Timo Werner up front and Kai Havertz and these types of things. Like, I can understand Lukaku watching that and being frustrated, thinking that I have the capability to play, but I'm not being played because of X, Y, Z reasons. I get that. I, we saw that. We said it. But you're in it, so it's different for you. So he has to perceive how others are seeing this as like an attack, perhaps. The media has spun this into Tuchel versus Lukaku. Even the, the, the images pre-match were like Lukaku on one side, Tuchel on the other. You know, people on, on, on the timeline are saying, you know, I'm, I'm happy Chelsea backed Tuchel instead of backing Lukaku. Like, there wasn't too much that he said against Chelsea or Tuchel. It was more so just twerking for Inter fans, like I said on your hangout. He felt that love over two years. I want to make sure that they know why I left when I said that I wouldn't. And I understand that's his intention. 
But it goes back to your point again of timing, timing, timing. He has to evaluate this and not get, I don't want to say sensitive, but put his back up against the wall and just think like, nah, 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 I was right. And I, I told the truth and nothing I said was wrong. And I'm standing in my, like, he, he can't go down that path because if he does, it's going to take even longer for him to get back into the team. He has to be immediately, even if it's fake, show some level of remorse or empathy, I would say. But but, 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 see, that's where that text comes into it because that text is key. Again, if it's true, it would say if it's true, let's just assume it's true of like things are hot right now. I have another meeting on Monday, then I can talk more. That doesn't sound like a guy who is remorseful now. It could be a guy who, after the meeting, he was end up being remorseful, but that sounds like a guy who, I don't think I did anything wrong. Or there's more to the story that um, we don't know. What he said is true. He's like, bro, it's hot. I can't talk about it right now until we have the meeting. But once we do, we'll talk more. And now that that text message is out there, Lukaku, don't text Tim Howard anything ever again. Like, bro, if, if, if you were in trouble and you texted me and our text message got on Sky Sports... I would expect you never to text me again, Double H. <laughs> like, bro, like, what? The... I'm in trouble, and you or, put out or, more quotes, my guy. Like, what the Luk- bro? Maybe Lukaku was happy that they, they must be close friends from the time at, at Everton. And Tim Hound doesn't come across to me as a kind of guy who would be play the media game of like, hey, look, I've got a text from Lukaku. He does to me. He has some juicy material. Like, they probably told him, hey, text text Lukaku and see what he says. And he tried, so how are things going, Romelu? And then he texted him, and then he just held the phone to the... <laughs> but you know what? I don't, I don't think Lukaku is, is bothered, though. Maybe not. Yeah. No, I but think, again, again I like... Not... Because, I mean, he he must know that. Because then he's, he, he's saying in text that... Because he's saying the same text that, yo, bro, keep it quiet. Don't say anything. But just even the, the, the nature of that text is a guy who's like, bro, man, yeah, this was, it, it, it is what, what it is. Then I, I, I can say more. That's more that, that, that he can, can say. Obviously, he wouldn't say in a, in a text. Because... He said, after Monday, I can say more. So yeah. he must say, this text I'm giving you, bro, do with it. But that extra more, even if you're my friend, I'm not going to tell you that because this has to be confidential for whatever reasons it is. Right, so. right, right. To, and and let's, let's, let's say maybe, maybe they've talked more than what was released. And, and Lukaku did give Tim Howard some inside information. But he was like, look, you can give them this part. <laughs> But but this part you can't say. So may, maybe their relationship is like that. Um, anyway, yeah, there's 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 a way back as long as he's remorseful, even if it's fake. And he comes out on Instagram and he says, "Look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to be taken like that. I love being at Chelsea. Chelsea's the club of my dreams." But again, if you get inside of Lukaku's brain. And people want him to say, I love Chelsea. Chelsea's the team of my dreams. I've always wanted to play here since I was a kid. And you sit and you tell him to say that. He would look at you and say, but I said that in the interview. I said that I didn't want to leave Inter, but the only way that I would leave Inter is for Chelsea. I had unfinished business in the Premier League, et cetera, et cetera. Which is why I feel like he might just stand on his square. Bro, I didn't say anything wrong. If he's on that wave... It's going to be long for him. If I was advising him, I'd just be like, look, bro, fake it. Fake it. For me, Lukaku didn't say anything out of bounds. But I'm in the vast minority. And inside of Stanford Bridge, I might be one of the only 43,000 people who thinks that. The key thing is that, what do you, Lukaku, what do you want? I just don't, I don't know what you want. What do you want? Because my thing is, you can't go back to Inter Milan. That is, that's not feasible. If you want to stay at Chelsea, this isn't the way to remain at Chelsea because, yeah. like, surely you must know dressing room dynamics, team di- 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 dynamics, and try- and doing things that could make the coach. Because, again, like, I think as we said before, I think it was even um, Ford who said, um, this is a breach of, of contract. No way Chelsea would have given the green to do this interview. So this must have been for your own. And I'm sure that it's within a contract where, where it says that any interviews, press things, so forth, have to be vetted by the um, club. In order that, so not because, you know, as a player, you are a custodian of the club and so forth. 
mm-hmm. and anything you do because you're a public figure now, especially now in 2021, you, you're all such public figures. It's written in your contract that you sh- you cannot be you cannot say anything in the media that will make the club look bad or bring the public status of the club down based off of your um, status as a public figure and so forth. So yeah, so you've breached your your, your contract saying this stuff. So it's it's I mean for Lukaku's like like bro, what do you want? I mean, I believe he'll end up back at Chelsea. If you abuse, if you hate, blah blah, he scores a goal here, another goal here, a double here. People forget about it because fo- the memories of football fans is like a goldfish. So, um, but okay, check check this game. check this. This is this is from Dean Dean Jones. He's like a football insider. Um, he said Lukaku's intention wasn't to start a push for a move away from Chelsea. I'm told he's a bit surprised how brutal the fallout has been from the interview. He was advised not to do it for this very reason, though. So this information for me is key. There's a difference between Tuchel not knowing the interview happened and Lukaku not being underneath that contract, if that makes sense. Tuchel might not know that Lukaku went to the media person because maybe he's just doing the football things. He's not a manager. He's the coach. So maybe you don't have to go to the head coach in order to get these things done. If we were under, you know, uh, manager... Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, manager, um, Arsene Wenger, manager, Jose Mourinho, who they control the whole club. Tuchel's job isn't a manager. He's listed as a head coach. So there must be other people who are dealing with these types of things. That Tuchel didn't know what Lukaku was up to doesn't necessarily mean that he was in breach of contract. Dean Jones is saying that he this, this very reason is why he was advised not to do it. Now, is that does that mean from his representatives? Does that mean from the club, like the the club person who is in charge of doing interviews, they were probably like, hey, man, I don't think you should do this interview. But Lukaku was like, nah, I got to get my story out. I got to tell Interfans. And this just never got back to Tuchel. So, so of course, it hits Tuchel. It, it blindsides him, which is what leads to him being dropped on, on Saturday. But there's a difference between you blindsiding your uh, manager and then you like usurping your contracts. There's just so many questions. There's so many reports and like half truths and pieces of the puzzle, but the only person who can really tell is Lukaku. Did you get permission? What did you mean? Et cetera, et cetera. And when you give an interview and people then ask you, what do you mean? That interview was a fail. You should have told people what you meant in the original interview. You shouldn't have to do or come back and explain what you meant in the interview and do follow-ups. Like it's a crazy story. Um, <laughs> to be can, can I be real? Be real, McCoy. This is the most fun I've had <laughs> with Chelsea <laughs> since I don't know, man. This was more fun than the Champions League. Like these past few days of just trying to work out what Lukaku's doing, and and that my opinion doesn't align with the general you know, body politic of Chelsea Football Club. Like, I've been in so many debates and reading tweets. Like, I've had fun. So, this is it's a it's a juicy, it's a good story. Oh, no, no, so, I, I think what I learned about this is that, again, which is what I already know people know, is that there is a different kinds of fans. See, for me, if, let's say... How many Super Chats playing, have you got off this, basically, is what I'm saying? You know, no, no, no. <laughs> if, like, a player was playing for Nigeria, and I was like, man, you know what, I really... Like he moved from let's say Cameroon to Nigeria. I was like, you know what? I really love Cameroon. And you no, know, Nigeria was just something that just gave me an opportunity to play at a World Cup and so forth. But really, I wish I was actually rolling for England. I'd be like, bro, get 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 this guy to the heck of the damn damn team, man. Seriously, get get, get this clown off. People need to understand. That. And I think I get it. See, club football, this is your job. <laughs> you know, like as Pele famously said, players kiss the badge of a club. One time, next time, the kids in the budget of, of another time. It's fickle by nature. Like, the club, and obviously we get into this when we talk about AFCON and players being released. You're paid. This is your job. <gasps> so think about, like, you'll never walk alone and club loyalty, real Chelsea fan. Or That's just all the extra things. But if, it, if, we, if we want to be real, this is their job. They're paid hundreds of thousands a week to do this as a job. So in my view... I just want Chelsea to win. 
as I wanted them to win since the mid nineties. I just want them to win, and I want them to win every single kind of, of trophy. I don't care about a player loving the club. Wait, what do I care? I just want them to win because hey, this is just the team I root for. This thing that I followed since Zola played for for them back in the in, in the nineties. I just wanted to see them win. So. When a guy says that, oh, I love Inter more than Chelsea, I'm like, okay, yeah, and? He didn't but, say but, that. But, but, but I think for some people, and I've already for some people, like, it's Chelsea for them is like a thing. And it's a really big thing for, for them. But it's a big thing more than football. It's like, it's Chelsea is a thing for me. Football is my love. Yeah. Not Chelsea. It's for it's for, for football. Chelsea, Nigeria, these are just all byproducts. Oh, well, Nigeria is different because that's where I'm from. But Chelsea, that's just a byproduct of football. But for, for some guys, it's weird if this makes sense. People love Chelsea more than football. If you, if you, if that makes sense. No, we've had that conversation at least once or twice before. People don't care about football. They just care about what Chelsea gives them. Yeah. And Chelsea is the vehicle to happiness. You're using football to get there, but it could be anything. <laughs> it's just you, you pick Chelsea to be happy. Because again, people's lives, if we want to get deep, deep, people's lives aren't great, generally speaking. So I'm going to attach myself to Real Madrid. Why? Because they win. Win at what? What does it matter? It doesn't matter what they're winning. It's just that, that, that they win. The vehicle we're using here is football. At least I know every Sunday we're going to get three points and I'm going to feel better about my life. And now this Lukaku dude wants to come in and ruin this thing that I like? Nah. That's the thing about Lukaku. See, for Lukaku, again, as you said, you're right. Nothing he said was actually wrong. See, in life terms, nothing Lukaku said was was wrong. In life terms. I'm like, bro, I love here. I'm here now. But nothing is wrong with what he said. But there's the real world and there's the football world. Those are two different worlds. In the real world, nothing Lukaku said was wrong. I'm still being a professional. I'm not being unprofessional. I'm still being a professional, but what I'm doing, I don't love this as, as, as much as this other thing that I was, I was at. But in the football world, you have to know and realize you've been in football long enough. You've dealt with fans long enough. You've been in contact with fans long enough. You've been in football long enough to know that you, you have to show love for the club that you play for. You have to. And you can't show that you love. Even if you do, you can't publicly show you love another club more than another, another club. Do you remember when Hazard was twerking weekly, or not weekly, but like monthly for Madrid? He would say, like, I love Zidane. I, I, like, I've, I've always wanted to, it would be great to play in Madrid, things like that. But then he would always give Chelsea fans that cushion of, but I'm happy at Chelsea. I like being at Chelsea. I want to win with Chelsea. Lukaku did the opposite. He said, I've, I liked my time at Inter, playing at Inter was great. And all he had to do was say, but I'm happy at Chelsea. But he he said, I'm not happy. <laughs> and that's the naivety that I can't give him. Like, I can't give him that, ah, oh, he's just so, he's he's not smart enough. He's he, he doesn't speak the language well enough. Like, I can't come up with the excuse to give him that bail. Like, I want to give him that bail, but I can't. It would be like saying, you know, you're just, he's he, he's too stupid to know what he's saying. I can't say that about him because I don't believe that. So Hazard played it the right way. I'll, I know it's, you're at one place wanting to go to another rather than, and, and Lukaku was at one place and wants to go back. But Hazard did it the right way. If, if there is a right way to be at a club and love another one, playing at Madrid would be nice. But I love Chelsea. I like being at Chelsea. <laughs> Lukaku said <laughs> Inter was great, and I'm not happy at Chelsea. Like, uh, you, it's it's hard to mix that. It's hard to remix that. As somebody who would like to, let's let's get into these questions though, because I'm sure I'm sure they'll they'll float us through the time. Okay, so Suleiman asks, what makes Pep's tactics in the Premier League so dominant? It's supposed to be the most competitive league in the world, and yet he's won four of the last five titles. I was promised a four horse race at the start of the season. First of all. The Premier League has never seen tactics like this specifically before in terms of keeping hold of the ball and possession. Um, and I just think that, you know, it's just a tactic that I think is... It's 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 very effective in the Premier League with, when you just look at how a lot of Premier League teams play. Because my thing is, a lot of Premier League teams don't play football. <laughs> 
I know what you mean. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like that's it. So if you look at whether it's Sevilla, Sotiedad, Betsy's, or so forth, they can either get beat down seven eight zero because they play, or they can catch because Pep. There's always there's the, the way to beat Pep is always the same, counter, and clever counter attack. So the way to beat him is. You have to really be brave when you have the ball and find those little pockets and gaps that he would always leave because he always have so many men forward. But because Premier League teams don't have the kind of intricate passing football that Spanish teams have, Pep can get to 100 points. Like, think, think, think about it. <laughs> Pep, th- this is Pep's weakest team. Ooh. His first one? No, no, no. All the teams, this is his... Compared to the to, compared to the to the guys here that's Bayern, ah, and, okay. the, the city team is his, is his weakest team. So I said sorry in comparison to Bayern and Barca, like his strongest team was obviously the 2011 Barca. Yeah, yeah, 2011 Barca. Um, then obviously pick anyone on of, of those Bayern teams, but those teams never got a hundred points. Now obviously there are less games in the Bundesliga, but in in La Liga. None, none of those teams, which were people call them probably the best team ever in history, never got to a hundred points or even ninety-eight points. But in but you have to ask yourself why Man City, which aren't as good as any of those teams, don't have Messi or Iniesta or Jav Javi, were able to get ninety-eight points, um, hundred points, and in the high eighties last year, and that's because in Spain you're gonna come up against a team. Many teams that will figure you out in terms of on that counter, you just would find that in the Premier League. Do you know what's so interesting? You, like... so you'll be able to pimp a lot more teams. Doing a <laughs> of Did you read the group chat? <laughs> well, what group chat? The talking tech, this group chat. So you said something on Twitter, and Carl quoted it and said, How come teams can't just lose? How come teams can't just lose? How come they have to get pimped or revitalized oh, or, oh, or, oh, or, oh. or recycled <laughs> or, or re- <laughs> reincarnated? So like when, when you just said like, you know, they'll, they'll get pimped, it just took me back. It's like, bro, he just, he <laughs> he's incapable of saying lose. <laughs> it's got to be some next level, some next level adjective. It's funny. Um, no, I would say like it's it's keeping hold of the ball plus the ability to create chances. So there are some teams who keep the ball for the sake of keeping it. I could think of Van Hal's Manchester United, for instance, would keep the ball for 60, 70, 75% of the game, but their chance creation wasn't at a level to where they made it count. Pep has the ability with these teams to keep hold of the ball and to create enough chances to score in volume. And then once you add the technical and intelligent brilliance of players like De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva, Raheem Sterling, Jesus, uh, Gundogan, Foden, etc., etc., you're going to win games because you're keeping the ball. The other team can't hurt you. And you're creating of chances to where you're going to score two, three, four, five goals a game. I know they won one, they won one nil maybe in that last game, but that's more an, an, an anomaly <laughs> than, it, than it is. So um, you'd have to find maybe a more brilliant football brain, as Jose might say, to actually break down how they go about creating their chances than mine. But those two things are dangerous. And then you combine Half Hope's point. Look, if Burnley are defending, if they get the ball, they're just going to kick it long. There's no real intent to break. They're just trying to relieve pressure. And then they recycle, move the lineup 10 meters, and, okay, you have it again. Let's defend again and see if we can clear it because we're just trying to get a point here. You do that against Getafe, Cadiz even. They'll get the ball, and they'll actually see, okay, is there a pass on here to where we can get something going forward, not just clearing it to relieve pressure from Barca or Madrid or whoever the case may be. Next question... Oh, somebody got one in at the buzzer, I think. Wow. What happens to the Newcastle project if they get relegated? That's a great question. I don't know. 
I mean, I guess they spend a bunch of money in the championship and come back up, and then they have a summer to do it again. I think that if they buy smart this window, they can survive relegation. Because, see, the relegation battle is... Because, again, I know this from my football manager days. Because, again, because whatever what I've been for managers, I always take, like, a really crap... So, shout out to... I know, I know, I know he's listening, Bill Hambly. Because, basically, Bill Hambly, he's, like, my white friend... That I always used to say that I anti white <laughs> because I've been friends with him since I was a teenager. So shout out to your boy Hamley, man. Because um, because we could I think I think yeah, because in one time we, we used Ancona, this bomb ass team in Syria and so forth. And I think that's where we we got like Montolivio and so forth and everything, because we used to play together. But yeah, so I'd always use a really crap team because I want to basically build them up over several seasons. So the first few seasons is avoid relegation. So when you're in a relegation battle, everyone's losing. You win one game, everything changes. Three points, yeah. you change. See, when you're at the at the top, it's just about win, 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 win. But at the bottom is lose, lose, lose. You win once, a whole world opens. You win again, a whole world opens. The the, the, the mantra is well, losing games. We're just trying to get those those wins. So if you can just get two, three players, I think they can. But worst case scenario, they go down. Bro, you see, <laughs> if Graziano Pelle, Hulk, Oscar can go to China at the peak of their powers based purely off of money. I think guys would be like, yeah, I'll play against bloody um, Kingsbury and bloody um, Phil FC in the championship if I'm getting paid like three billion a week. Yeah, fine. Ja- so, Jackson Martinez, Talisco. There's yeah. so many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we get a task force together to locate Kai Havertz? Last seen in Porto, but suspected to be in Germany. Those are from dark emoji or black emoji. Sorry. Um, are Chelsea bricks from NT? Yes. Comina <laughs> uh, says, where will Crystal Palace finished? Who will be the next Man City boss once Pep leaves? Crystal Palace, I think, will be the bottom of the top half of the table. So nine, eight, somewhere in there. Um, maybe yeah, 10. I'll put them at 10. Comfortably tenth. Mm, I'm, I'm I'm gonna say like thirteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth. But safe. But safe. Yeah. Um, who will be Van City's next boss? <sighs> Ten Hag probably feels like a good answer. Yeah, I mean, the, but I don't think it'll be. I mean, City have money, so it's not like it'll be difficult to to get a top manager. I wonder if if Pep Pep has this season and next season, right? I thought someone said three years. I'm not sure. So if it's two years from now, like 2024, Nagelsmann might be in there because maybe his time in in Munich will be over. Maybe he'll want that next step. So one of those two, I think, Ten Hag, Nagelsmann. Ten Hag is not a bad thingy because maybe this is people like, oh, we can see similarities Bald. Um, between Ten Hag and Pep, yeah, both bald, <laughs> both both follow the whole Dutch way of, of playing, yeah. you know. So, all right, and then we have a one more that's three parts. So, is it possible that Chelsea and Liverpool get dragged into a top four battle? Yes, given United and Spurs have two three games in hand. Yes, I think you gave I think you gave the answer. Um, although United are drawing with Wolves right now. And they're in the 40th minute. It's nil-nil. Wolves have an attack. I'll turn my head. I don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, it looks fairly dangerous. Wait a minute. Wait a Okay, corner. Um, question number two. Daniel, with Canada extremely likely to make the World Cup this year, will you support them over the United States? I don't think you've ever heard United States men national team propaganda on this podcast. I don't expect that to start anytime soon. Holy support, the holy support. Between Canada and America. Yeah. <laughs> answer wisely. Answer wisely, man. No, no, no. It's funny because like there's America. no way I'm supporting America in anything. So I'm just I'm laughing at the idea of like somebody even asking me like Canada or America. Like um wait, wait, wait. what? So, Canada. Wait, wait. What did Trump and Biden do to you? Well, you know, you know, you're not a fan of Kamala Harris. 
Oh, say can you see? I've just I've never considered myself from here because I wasn't born here. You know, so, so you're on an, an, an American soil and you don't pledge allegiance to the red, white, and blue. Do you know when I was a kid, I never used to stand up for the pledge of allegiance. Well, that's a lie. I would stand up, but I wouldn't put my hand on my heart and I wouldn't say it. And people used to get annoyed, like teachers and things. But I'm like, bro, I'm Canadian. I'm not saying that. And then question number two, his first question, I went in reverse order. What's your predictions for AFCON? I have a whole Uganda thing that I'm very comfortable with. So, like, America is probably fourth on my list. I'd go Canadian, Ugandan. Ugandan Canadian, it depends on the date. Then I'm like a citizen of the world, and then America. If that, then maybe be like the black world or whatever the case may be, and then America's like fifth. I don't represent the United States men's national team in, in any way. If they won the World Cup, I wouldn't be happy. Put it that way. If Uganda makes an AFCON, my heart is overwhelmed with joy. So we have two, three minutes. Who's gonna win the AFCON? I'll just go ahead and tell you, I think it's going to be a North African team, either Tunisia or Morocco or Algeria. Or I don't think Egypt have enough. They just have Salah. If you ask me right now, I'm going to go with Algeria. Excuse me. Um, but Tunisia are up there in terms of organization. Morocco have talent, but they're not taking Ziyech. So there's that. There's some a beef with the coach. But yeah, I think the the, the North African teams are pretty strong. And we didn't talk about this, but bro, Nigeria, they don't have uh, Dennis. Um, uh, Senegal don't have SAR because Watford are apparently anti-black or anti-African. <laughs> so there's a bunch of stuff going on that I, I, I didn't leave much time for it because I figured we'll get into it once the tournament actually gets going. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, but I, yeah. I know, and also, Nigeria don't have Osimir as well because of COVID. Oh man! Yeah, no, no, no. What, what, no, not like what's what's screwed this over. Ahmed Musa starting. <laughs> please, please don't, 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 don't even get me started. Hold on, is 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 Gallo in the team? <laughs> I couldn't care less, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really, really Gallo and like, Musa are so funny. I wouldn't be like, surprised. I wouldn't. And see, my thing is that. I'm, I'm, I honestly don't know, and I feel bad for saying this. I'm not sure how old Musa is. And ask some Nigerian. <laughs> I was about to close my laptop. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's true. Ask some Nigerians, and some Nigerians will say that they're not. They're not sure how old Musa probably is because my thing is that this guy's been playing for a long damn. I'm, I'm like, how is he still in this? I mean, look, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. It's a, it's a mess. Oh, man. Anyway, okay, this has been the Talking Tactics podcast. We do this every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the Talking Tactics. Links are in the description. We got to record the extra. Um, so check us out. I'm yeah. at Danny to look half up. Where can people get you? Half up football. Talking Tactics podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always soccer. Oh. Ooh, there you I go. was going to say, indeed. Let's just hit hate an American family, man. So, you know. Peace, 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 peace. All right, <clears throat> I need you to explain the Matrix to me. As in how that film is, or <laughs> I just I have questions. Okay, so I you maybe watched the first one. I watched an explainer on the second one. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the third one, but I I watched this one because I anticipated that you might want me to watch it. Sports Social Podcast Network.